Welcome listeners to the double airing week of Harmony Beats Balance, our beautiful radio show here based in the Hawaiian Islands and also our Settle Smarter podcast because let's face it, we're all smart and we need to keep getting smarter. So today's guest, Molly, is going to share some wisdom with us about getting smarter life transitions, covering the facets. You all know what they are. If you don't by now, you're going to fail the quiz. They are career, family, friendships, community, your own well-being. So let's get into it with Molly. And we're going to talk about her life, her transitions and challenging the status quo. Welcome, Molly. Thank you. Excited to be here. Right on. So we were just starting our pre-show and I said, stop, that's perfect for the recording. I love to do keep it real inside out, authentic kinds of shows. That's why our listeners really look forward to them because we just show up as we are. And so you started challenging the status quo as a child. What? Kids challenging the status quo. Talk to us about that. (laughs) Yeah. So I grew up in Richmond, Virginia, um, which in the 80s and 90s wasn't the easiest place to be a tomboy. And I loved playing games and playing sports. And um, I had a lot of people in my life try to get me to do dance class or something else that was more in line with the status quo of what all the other young girls around me were doing. But I just was lit up by soccer and basketball. I still love playing those sports to today, like that, that love of sport that wasn't common for, you know, girls in the South at that age really started me off and and thinking, okay, everyone's telling me I can't do this thing and I'm doing it and I'm good at it. So any other time in the future that I heard, oh, you can't do this, or this isn't for you. I always question that because it, it never made sense to me. I just follow, what do I like doing and what am I passionate about? And it, like, to me, gender doesn't matter and being defined by something so ridiculous. It just, it's not, it's not helpful. It's so interesting that you use the word helpful. It's not helpful and it's not to your point, joyful. And so on this show, we talk a lot about not trading off joy in yeah. exchange for productivity and value, both the value you give and the value you receive. And so if joy or happiness were helped along, regardless of gender or socioeconomic status or geography and where you grew up, then we would just be more free and it wouldn't be so much in terms of challenging the status quo, it would be more just show up as you are the way we talked about coming to this show today. So what do you challenge in terms of status quo today as an adult in transition? We're going to talk about your move in a minute. What are you challenging today that status quo, either as a woman or a, a human being, or even a person who works with a lot of different kinds of businesses, what are you challenging in terms of status quo? I think the biggest thing career-wise that I'm challenging status quo is the way that we work company to company. I would say we have gotten very good and very focused on being great to our internal employees, but the world isn't that small anymore. And 
every company needs other companies and the relationships built between those two to be successful. And I think America has always had this customer is always right attitude that I think really needs to be challenged because the customer isn't always right. And what they're asking for oftentimes isn't good for the other party. When you think of any relationship that you have in your life, you wouldn't just always say that other person is always right. That would, that would never happen. Like really challenging um, companies to think about their suppliers, think about their customers as relationships and people that can be approved upon. That's, that's one of the things I'm, I'm challenging in, uh, in career wise. And when you look at the way different businesses work together and need each other, I always like to talk about it in terms of being a puzzle. If you get the four corners right, you're foundational, and then the rest is a wild ride and you'll figure it out as you go, most likely. What would you say about that? (laughs) I would say like like the key thing with any of these complex relationships that have multiple people involved is that I think setting the framework in the beginning is crucial. The number one reason that companies get into, you know, contract arguments with one another is just unclear expectations. From the start, what you want to accomplish, people are not on the same page. Oftentimes, because you're either in a rush to buy that product or service, or you're in a rush to, to sell that product or service. So you don't think through all of the key things that make a relationship tick. And so slowing it down, putting in the framework and having real open dialogue. If you don't like something that the other side is doing, speaking up about it as soon as possible, because it only will get worse and it'll, it'll multiply and other people in the relationship will be having the same problem. So like speak up and and really focus on honesty and transparency. The blurry line of relationships is made so clear in this conversation we're having, because as you're talking, I'm also picturing marriage and friendships and community issues. It's all the same shit, different day. Let's face it. And so I, I used to call it rules of engagement and framework and all of that. In today's world where we have young, up-and-coming, aspirational people and people across the country and even the world that want to challenge the status quo the way you did when you were a kid, yeah, how do we talk to them in today's language that's more around speaking up, speaking your truth, and when someone says they want something and you have a different view of hey, there might be something better or different or more sustainable. How do you just approach someone? What's your advice, Molly? Because you have to do this for a living. So how do you just simply approach someone about challenging them? I feel like anytime that I've wanted to challenge, I can feel it in my belly. So like be really in tune to your body. When you have an intuition or whatever you want to call it, speak up, say something about it. And, and make sure that you're not holding back because you're afraid of what people are going to say about whatever it is that you're bringing up. And if you are ever going to be discriminated against or put down because of something that you say, that is probably not a great place to be working in the first 
place. And right now that type of talent that speaks up, that helps to make things better, that's the type of people that organizations want. So don't be afraid to speak up, but also know that if your idea gets shut down, it might be because of reasons that you don't know, because there might not be full transparency in your company about what's going on. So speak up, listen to your gut, but take it with a grain of salt. If whatever your idea is, doesn't get adopted, don't discourage, don't make it discourage you from speaking up again. That is such important advice. And for our young up and coming listeners, they ask this question all the time, especially on social media. How am I sure my voice will get heard? Well, of course it starts with you and it takes some bravery. It really does take that challenging the status quo and not simply accepting something because we've always done it that way. That's how we're going to do it. It's this concept of what got us there won't get us here or whatever brought us to where we are now isn't necessarily going to carry us forward into the future. We have to really be discerning around where we were, where we are, where we're going. So Molly brought up her gut. So let's, let's check in on gut for a minute. What was your gut when you made a major life transition (laughs) decision to move from big city to... You tell the story. (laughs) Yeah. So pandemic hit March, 2020. I have been dating my now husband for three months and we lived in a high rise with a thousand people. And so we rented a car and we drove to the mountains of North Carolina and we're only going to be there a couple of days, maybe a week or so, because COVID was going to be over in that time. And we fell in love with each other. We fell in love with being in the mountains and being surrounded by nature. And both him and I, we'd been traveling on airplanes for our jobs every week for years. And to stop and slow down for two months, I think the last time that that happened for me, I was in high school where I was in the same bed for two months straight. Like, So it was just really, really eye-opening and my body healed itself. The amount of like stomach stress, my face was a mess too. Like my body was suffering from that amount of work and travel. So like listening to my body, I could tell being off the road and being back in nature, my body is healing itself. So that was definitely eye-opening. And then I made the decision, uh, we made the decision to go just travel around the country for a year and find a new place to live. We stayed in Airbnbs in small towns and we fell in love with Park City, Utah. We like the summers are great for hiking. The winters are great for skiing. And we never, either one of us thought we would move to a small town. We lived in Chicago and in our minds, you move to either New York or San Francisco. Cause that's where your career can advance. And that's literally it. Those are the only two options. And there are so many more options than that. And being in the mountains and park city is just, it's been amazing. We're so glad you shared this. So many listeners are on a similar journey. Yeah. You know, where am I going to live? Am I yeah. going to, you know, move around the way you just described? Am I going to take a dart and a dartboard and a map <laughs> and yeah. just, throw that and go, okay, that's where I'm going to end up. Are you going to move to an Island like yours truly? 
yeah. after being in San Francisco, as you know, and really getting off the road myself, right? Spending so much time in major metros and cities around the country, and in my case, even the world, and just hunkering down and slowing it down. You said slowing it down in the beginning of today's show. Yeah. And how do you work differently today? Would you share that recipe? I am both more organized and more disorganized. So my previous life, every single minute of the day was organized. It was on my calendar, everything I did. And then I felt completely disorganized because I was just running through life and I was never fully prepared as much as I wanted to be for any of those things. And now I have core things that I do every week and I have scheduled block times, but I also have a lot more free time to go take a walk, like to go stare at the ocean when I have a creative block that I cannot get past or to like, and there's something about having that time to, to let yourself breathe and to let yourself think creatively that has actually helped me get more done in less amount of time for sure. Plus you spend so much of your energy catching planes, catching Ubers, getting to the meeting, all of the activities of movement that I had before, I now have that time to think. And it, it's been really wonderful. Let's talk about your belly. Yeah. <laughs> Let's talk about your belly. Let's talk about the gut. Yeah. So many people report on being stressed out and showing up that with that stress in their belly, in their stomach. We have more cases of IBS. Yeah around the world, irritable bowel syndrome. Sorry, listeners, I won't get graphic. I mean, it's a really, it's a big deal and it hurts yeah. and it's very painful and it can disrupt somebody's life. You don't have to watch those awful commercials to take those drugs. Like it can really disrupt your life. So if stress is stored for many people in the stomach and that's your gut, Let's talk about the alignment for a minute of what I like to coach on which is head, heart, and gut. Mm-hmm. When your gut tells you that is not a good customer to have, that's mm-hmm. not a good place to go for dinner tonight because you're burnt out, nature's yeah. beckoning and your, your ideation brain, which Molly has a lot of, I've assessed her strengths. She doesn't know I'm doing this right now, but I'm looking at her top superpower profile and she's an ideator, meaning head in the clouds, big sky thinking beyond what the eye can see, moonshot person. If Molly can't be in an ideation mindset, it's because she's stuck. And her gut might be the first clue. She goes into nature. Tell me what happens to your heart and tell me what happens to your head when you go into nature. If each of them has a frequency and a rhythm, when I'm stressed, the rhythm is very high, almost like panicked running level is what, how my heart feels, even though I might be sitting still. And when I go and I sit at the ocean, it's like I get more in balance. My energy levels shift and change. And I, I can then bring it down to a level where I can actually think because I, I think about my, my body reacting as if a tiger is chasing me. 
And that's how my heart and my brain are reacting as if there's something so scary and life-threatening that I'm just running. And the only thing I can think about is just physical movement. And then when I relax and like nothing is threatening, it's easy for me to be able to see the path and to imagine what, what the answer is. I also do persona interviews as well, if I'm really stuck. And, and those are mostly used when I have been like beating myself up and I've like lost confidence. I'll go and I'll sit in nature and I'll interview myself with these standard questions. You've probably done this before. Um, and that really helps me to get outside of panic mode and to be able to look back in. And let's do it. Let's do it for the listeners. We'll give them time to work on this. We'll spend a couple minutes in persona questions. The questions I typically use are who, what, where, when, why, and how. Socratic questioning for your persona questions, it would be great for the listeners. So let's, let's do it now. So tell us your questions and let's try to solve something for someone that they're struggling with right now. So I'm gonna look up my, we're gonna do this on the fly. This is not rehearsed folks. I'm gonna look at my direct messaging and I'm gonna see somebody's question. By the way, while Molly's getting herself together for this impromptu exercise, she's talking about the amygdala, the part of the brain that tells us fight or flight or freeze. It's also the part of the brain that controls sex, by the way, because it's procreation. And so the brain is a complex organism and we're probably not running from a tiger, most of us, especially if you're listening to this show, the chances of you having to run from a tiger are probably, you know, one in a trillion. So you're probably panicking because your body is telling you like it's telling Molly to slow it the heck down and get out in nature or whatever works for you to align your head, heart, and gut. When all three are in alignment, your decision-making is crystal clear and you won't have all that weird, like, oh, I should, I shouldn't, all that shoulding stuff that we talk about on this show. All right, so here's a problem that someone's trying to solve that they've direct messaged me. Okay, this is, this is a common one. They want to ask for a raise. They've been working for two years in the same job. They've seen other people get raises. They want to ask for the raise. They're frustrated that it hasn't just come to them. They have high marks on their reviews. They believe they have a good relationship with their boss. However, there's no raise discussion and it's been two years. So help them. (laughs) Mm. Okay. So when I think about doing a persona interview for that, I would probably, I would interview myself as the person who deserves the race. And I would ask questions around like, who am I? Why am I here? What can I learn from this persona? Because that that's a big one to always think about. What can I learn from this persona? What do I want to tell this persona? And what do I want out of this situation? So really taking a deep dive into who that persona is and how you can actually help them. And to me, I I love the question when I'm thinking about interviewing myself is like, what can I learn from this? Like, what is this persona trying to teach me? And that tends to be one of the most enlightening questions for me. Cause some, some of my personas I don't like and, uh, (laughs) and I can actually learn a lot from them. 
So yeah, that's that type of persona interview can also build your confidence for when you're going in to ask that boss why you deserve a raise because you're almost interviewing yourself just like your boss would have. So I think that's that's really helpful and can can help solidify that ask for you uh, when it comes to asking for a raise. This is so helpful. It's almost as if you've figured out the answer so that the boss doesn't have to. Right. You justify it for the boss. You make it easy for them to say yes. And in fact, if you really want that raise, I won't use names here. We'll we'll call this person, we'll call her Courtney. Courtney, if you really want the raise, justify it to the boss after justifying it to yourself. And if it's valid, you're going to go for it. And if it's clear that it's valid and the boss doesn't do it, even though the boss has the budget to do it, then it sounds like it's back to Molly's original advice that maybe it's not the right place for you. Yeah. And I feel like now more than ever is a great time that if you are thinking about asking for a raise to ask for one, I've had men and women struggle with asking for a raise, but, but definitely the women that I've coached that have worked for me, I far fewer of them have ever asked for a raise than the men that have worked for me. And young in their careers, if I'm hiring entry-level people, if they haven't asked for a raise in a year, I will say to them in a one-on-one, it's time for you to ask me for a raise. And as a manager, especially if you're bringing up and comers along, I highly recommend forcing that exercise, especially if you know you're already going to give them a raise, make them go through the exercise and present to you because it is valuable for them as a learning. And the more that you can have at bats for asking for a raise, the better and better you get at it. And if they tell you no, ask them why. Ask them to be really clear about why. And so that you can figure out how to make that that no a yes. If they tell you any sort of details around, no, this is not why you're getting a raise right now, write them down, record them in email, especially so that they are tracked. And so that you are able to go back and say, Hey, I've done this, this, and this, I, you know, would like to be able to be considered for a raise. So just keep collecting that data. And people are so desperate for talent right now that asking for a raise is a great move because losing a talented person, like any of your listeners, the companies just can't afford that right now. So ask for a raise for sure. Ask for a raise, justify the raise to yourself and then to your boss. I love this. It's reverse engineering. And before we have to wrap with Molly, gosh, the time went so fast. I want to also follow on to something she said earlier about it's not always employees. It might be freelancers or contact contractors, the gig economy, temporary workers, seasonal workers on the islands. We have tons of seasonal workers based on tourism. And so it's a a war for talent that's real and people that are vital to helping your business thrive, people that are vital to your life to helping your life thrive, whether they're friends, coworkers, employees, outsourced uh, help that you work with inside or outside of your home, people you're helping as a freelancer. It's 
okay to also increase what you bill, not just your own compensation. It's okay to raise your rates. Mm -hmm. If you're vital, you're doing a great job. You haven't raised your rates. You've been really careful during pandemic. You, if you can't stay in business, you can't help others. So try to put yourself first, try to challenge yourself in your own personas, multiple personas (laughs) and Molly gave so much advice today in such a short, compact time. I love to give the final word, Molly, to our guests. I'm going to give you the final word on transitions. What would you like to say? Hmm. Transitions, I would say look for them constantly. Always be checking with yourself that you are going down the right direction and really take time to get quiet and listen to your body and ask your body questions. Ask yourself, what do I like about what I'm doing now? What do I wish I was doing? What's getting in the way of that? Constantly be the person that is curious about yourself because that that curiosity about your future you're the only one that's going to be able to do that justice. So take time at least once a year, please, please, please take a full day to think about what you want. And I know that that's tough with our busy schedules, but, but take time out to really think about what do you want? What's the next big transition for you? Is there one, is there a small transition? that would make the world of difference for you. So get curious, listen to your body and keep listening to the show. Molly, you have been an amazing guest. We are very curious about you now. So please keep us posted on all of your challenging of the status quo and transitions. And as always, we're so, so, so grateful for our listeners time and for the energy and wisdom and sharing and openness of special guests like you, Molly. We look forward to hearing about your journey. Thank you so much. And in signing off, ways to reach me. I'd love to hear from you. You can either find me on Instagram, Twitter, or LinkedIn at Settle Smarter. And also my book is on amazon.com, Stop Settling, Settle Smart. And finally... I have my podcast also at Settle Smarter, wherever you hear your podcasts and reach out. We'd love to hear from you on Harmony Beats Balance. Feel free to email me as well. Dana, that's D-A-N-A at settlesmarter.com. Because let's face it, we're all smart. We might always be smarter. Et te